This is an RNZ podcast. As we've mentioned many times here on Media Watch recently, the government's developing a new policy for public broadcasting and public media. But the details have been developed behind closed doors, and only the politicians, media company executives and selected public servants involved in the process have seen the details. Thanks to a source or sources spilling the beans to RNZ's political editor Jane Patterson, we already knew that they'd settled on one option, the creation of a new public media organisation to replace state-owned RNZ and TVNZ. But those at the Cabinet table want more details about precisely how that would work. Last month, ministers demanded a business case before they would give it a green light. But others in the media, not to mention the public, also wanted details about this big plan for public media. Who would run it? How much money would it have? Would it be commercial-free or not? Well, last Friday, the Minister of Broadcasting and Digital Media, Chris Farfoy, finally lifted the lid a little for the first time in an address at the Christchurch Broadcasting School, where he himself was educated before he became a broadcast journalist and then a politician. Um, so it's nice to be able to come here uh, in a very privileged position as, as the Broadcasting Minister uh, to make um, an announcement around how we want to strengthen our public media. The coalition partners New Zealand First and the Greens, then RNZ and the government's broadcasting funding agency New Zealand On Air all put out statements rapidly welcoming this strengthening. But in the speech that followed and the questions that followed that in Christchurch, we didn't learn a lot that hadn't already been revealed by RNZ's Jane Patterson. The minister said that consultants from PwC will now take around six months to make that business case for a new public media entity, which brings us right up to an election. And that was a point made by TVNZ's chief executive, Kevin Kenrick, in this response, which was addressed to TVNZ's commercial clients. Future plans and timelines will rest on the outcome of this election. We will keep you updated of any developments as they happen. You can be assured that we will continue to proactively champion the need for New Zealand businesses to reach large, relevant audiences as an integral part of any future public media plans. Now, just how the highly commercial TVNZ of today could fit inside a new public media entity with a public service mandate is still an open question. In his speech, the minister confirmed that this entity will have revenue from both Crown and non-Crown sources. But how much revenue? Well, that will only be determined after the consultants from PwC have spent six months weighing it up. Look, I'm not going to preempt budget decisions or the business case because my career will be short. Um... But um, if the business case comes back and has proposals and they are kind of central to the new entity getting off the ground, then we'll have to consider it. Chris Farfoy also confirmed that New Zealand On Air, which dispenses funds for local content to local media on a contestable basis, will remain a key part of the system. But will that be any better funded? What about New Zealand On Air funding? Uh, as I said at the outset, um, uh, there's... Isn't in terms of how it operates, it doesn't, there is no intent to change that. It's been working well for the last 30 years. There's always questions about New Zealand on air funding, which is always, are you going to give them more? And my answer will be, you have to wait till budget time to hear that. And Chris Farfoy also said we would have to wait and see what the impact might be on commercial media companies who will have to coexist with this new public media entity from 2023. They're struggling in a market that's now occupied by Facebook, Google and Netflix, as well as other local media competitors. And after he first became the Broadcasting Minister in late 2018, Chris Farfoy told Media Watch this. 
when I arrived in this job, there were a number of traditional media players who said, if this continues, we've gone. And I've got to be mindful of that um, because plurality of voices, especially in the, in, the, in the journalism sector, I think is extremely important. If things were to continue... Uh, as some of them, as some of these uh, media entities have told me, they may no longer be in existence in three or four years, and we could only have one voice uh, for media. And I think uh, that is important for our democracy, not only to have um, good quality journalism, but plurality of voices in that journalism space as well. Broadcasting Minister Chris Farfoy there on Media Watch back in December 2018. But there was no hint in his speech in Christchurch this week which would give any comfort to commercial local media companies which are having a tough time financially. When he was asked if this government had actually downgraded its commitment to public broadcasting and media since it took office, Chris Farfoy denied that. But this week I asked him if that speech on Friday effectively confirmed it. To be really fair, I might push against that. That might have um, been the policy back in 2017. Um, but I think even in the short time between when we formed that policy and now, quite a lot has shifted in the media. Um, and you get the opportunity to look at, at um, the state of public media and mindful of the commercial environment too. But I think um, if we look at the challenges that um, all media have... Something needs to happen to our public media um, in New Zealand for it to be fit for the future and to offer the kinds of great stories and great journalism that they've delivered. Um, but, but a lot of that is the means to do it, which unfortunately involves money. You said, I can't preempt the business case that's, that's right. going to be done, uh, done within six months, I think, uh, or how uh, future budget rounds will go with a Minister of Finance with his uh, hands on the purse strings uh, or her in the future. Um, and <laughs> I mean, really, is there any guarantee that you are strengthening public media at all? Oh, look, uh, I think the simple answer to everything could be to throw more money at it. Um, and that was one of the options that the Ministerial Advisory Group gave us, you know, keep the status quo and just pump more money into things. But would that have set a public media um, landscape up for the next 20, 25 years? And there will be some funny decisions that will need to come about, come about um, either as a result of the business case or in future budget rounds. But to think that leaving the public media landscape as it was, um, I don't think uh, would have left both of those entities in, a, in the right state or fit state to deal with some of the challenges that I've already talked about. Uh, we've asked them to give us a detailed business case about how a new media entity would work, uh, not how RNZ would work in the future or TVNZ would work f- in the future and cohabitate. That is what we've got now. Um, having a single entity that will allow us to be nimble in terms of platforms, continue to be strong in terms of content, uh, that uh, it does make sense for us to look at a new entity. Um, and, and, and you were absolutely explicit this is not for profit. Um, that message was very clear. And that you said all currently commercial-free services will correct. remain commercial-free. So that's, that's a guarantee. <laughs> but that seems to refer you know, specifically to, I guess, what currently RNZ does, yes. for example. But will this new entity still be dependent to some as yet unknown measure, the commercial revenue that TVNZ can pull in, which is currently pretty significant, like 300 million a year or so. Well, of course, as as I outlined, it's going to rely on crown funding and it's going to continue to rely on some commercial funding as well. That will give some options available to the new entity in the future. If it wants to go and start a new platform, that might be commercial-free and it tends to stay commercial-free for a particular type of audience. Um, That might be commercial um, in a different offering. And that... Uh, nimbleness and the ability to raise some funding to help support 
some of the core public media mandate work that they do uh, is going to be important. But of course, so is the crowdfunding that has always supported public media. Is it pretty much up to these consultants at PwC what the balance of that is, what the mix of it is? They'll give us some options of you know what might be best if you wanted to keep crowdfunding on its current uh, track or maybe another couple of options. We want to make sure that this thing is sustainable uh, for the long term and be able to be, again, meet those long-term challenges that some of which we don't even know yet. I mean, you mentioned uh, the position of commercial media companies. So this new public media entity will have to coexist with them and some of them have got real troubles. And when you became the broadcasting minister, you spoke pretty frankly about that, said some of them had been in your ear saying, look, if it continues as it is, we're gone. Uh, some of them talked about um, it may no longer be in existence in three or four years, and that's you know getting on for a year and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, but do they have to carry on there? particular plans for the future without the expectation of any intervention from your government? We've been very clear that's not the place of the government. But also a lot of them do also rely on uh, New Zealand on-air funding as well for content. There's no change uh, to that. We'll continue to have a contestable funding model that New Zealand on-air has um, operated for the last 30 years. Um, And we think that's good to ensure that there's a kind of diversity of content and plurality across different platforms and and media companies as well. Is there a consensus about what are the most important things? I mean, there's you know the survival of a local television service, funding of local drama, there's investigative, all these things. Mm. Is there a hierarchy in this, because the public still doesn't know, of what you consider to be the single most important things that have to be preserved if, if funding is limited? The most important thing in all of this is that New Zealand stories continue to be told. RNZ and TVNZ um, have done great jobs of that up until now. But the landscape is so different now compared to five years ago or 20 years ago. I mean, New Zealand stories could mean kind of anything. That's investigative journalism that's hard to fund. That's right it across could the mean television drama that yeah. costs millions of dollars. Uh, are we distinguishing between any of these things? No, because I think it's across the raft. Uh, if you think of the type of content um, that New Zealand, has, New Zealand On Air has supported for the last 30 years, we want that kind of stuff to continue to happen. The problem is the media market in which people at the other end consume that um, is a lot different. A single entity, uh, as proposed, we think will be able to be more nimble to offer those kinds of services, work across those different platforms to maximise the kind of content that they may have. So if RNZ does something or has an idea that you might be able to cross-pollinate that across all the different platforms, um, listeners and viewers and readers in the future might want to see more of that. But what, in the end, what happens if, uh, when six months is up or before six months, uh, Cabinet doesn't like the business case and are we back to, well, back to square one? Or do as we I have said on Friday afternoon, Colin, I'm relentlessly positive about it because okay. I think it's a big responsibility to try and make sure I want my kids to be able to watch stuff that is important to them and gives them a sense of who they are in New Zealand and the communities around them, just as much as I'm happy for them to watch something that's popped in on YouTube uh, from America. Chris Farfoy, Minister of Broadcasting and Digital Media.